This is episode 147 with Maddie Elliott. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on your impactful journey. Legends. All right, this is round two with Matty Elliott. If you haven't listened to his first episode, it's number 102. And as with all my recommendations, when it's round two of someone, I highly recommend you go back and listen to this episode. We dived a lot of different angles in that one. We chatted a lot about spirituality and his experience of growing spiritually as a human and his experience of bringing that into the sport of rugby league. So as a reminder, Matty Elliott is a former professional rugby league player, former NRL coach, and he's currently still commentating for the NRL on the radio and sometimes on TV. So he does all of this at the highest level and has had a successful career in each area. However, like in the first episode and like with many elite athletes and coaches that I have on the podcast, we don't really talk about the sport so much. So this is another one of those episodes where I'm bringing on former guests to hear about their experiences, their challenges, and also exploring their beliefs around the current world crisis and world challenge of the the COVID-19 pandemic. So Maddie is also the Meningy Director of health and well-being at Zenergy Group is the name of the company, which is a holistic provider of safety, health, and well-being services across Asia, across the Asia Pacific. This is where I know Maddie from. So Maddie and I, as we talk a lot about in the first episode, he's got me in as one of the mentors to do some work in the Change Room program, which is literally saving and changing people's lives through bringing a lot of valuable information and tools and strategies into people's lives who are experiencing a lot of physical, mental and emotional challenges and sometimes even illnesses and disease. So if you want to hear more about the Change Room program, go back and listen to episode number one. I highly recommend you do. I'm also linking, you'll hear Maddie talking a little bit about it in this episode. I'll link everything in the show notes of where you can find the information about the Change Room program and also to follow Maddie online. So as you'll hear, Maddie has a bit of a stab at me at the end about the, my headphones and uh, I'm going to challenge him. I'm not sure if he'll even listen to this, but uh, hopefully the sound quality at his end is okay for you guys listening to this as he chose not to use the headphones. But nonetheless, it's it's highly valuable information. It's really great. It's one of those things, you guys have heard me talk to many elder mentors and you hear Dr. Arna Rubenstein talking about the elders and the importance of elder leadership and elder integration, the intergenerational integration. So I look at Maddie as a bit of an elder in my life and a mentor in my life, but he's an elder in community. That doesn't mean that he's old. It just means that he's an elder, meaning wiser human being. 
and we actually joke about that a bit on this episode. But that means, as he talks about with wisdom, if we turn a memory into a lesson, it becomes wisdom. Maddie has a lot of memories that he's turned into a lot of lessons, which equals a lot of wisdom. Not only that, he's learned from some of the world's most impactful and influential leaders and mentors in the spiritual space, in the human behavioral space, even in high-performance sport. Actually, we talk about the difference between performance and well-being, which is really cool. But you'll, you'll hear that he has a lot of brilliant perspectives. They're not opinions. They're not advice that he's throwing at everyone, but really profound deeply wise perspectives on the world. So I really think you're going to enjoy this. I love his saying that you can't give away what you don't have, meaning you need to be an expert on yourself, put in the time and effort to be an expert on yourself because you can't give away what you don't already have. So let's hear from the legend himself, Maddie Elliott. Maddie. Welcome back to Your Life of Impact. Oh, Robbo, the last conversation we had, mate, changed my life. So, yeah, who knows what's going to happen to me now? <laughs> well, internal pandemic going on. <laughs> well, that last conversation was December 2018. And since then, I've seen you in Sydney a few times for the Change Room program, quite a few times. And we also had a bit of fun in Coffs Harbour where I was throwing the tennis balls around with you and doing the flow and focus drill. So we've seen each other a few times in person, but it's actually not possible now. I was supposed to see you again recently in uh, Coffs Harbour, but we weren't able to do that with everything that's going on. So how are you in these interesting times? Yeah, Robert, it's, you know, there's always a silver lining, isn't there, to um, situations like this. So, you know, from a personal point of view, I normally commute into Sydney, so it's about three hours commute all up during a day. And to have that back time, you know, that time back to yourself has given me the opportunity to, you know, get in the water a little bit more, which is just over there, and um, do some other things as well and be a little bit more productive. So it's... You know, from a personal point of view, it's been great. From a professional point of view, there's been some challenges associated of not being in, we're an events business, so to move into this into this platform has been certainly something that, you know, didn't happen in a day, but, you know, I think we've done a pretty good job of it. So we could, uh, I could be saying I'm, you know, scared the crap out of me or it's been exciting. I'll, I'll choose the second one. <laughs> I want to unpack the the shift in the, the business shortly, but based on what you just said then, how it's been the silver lining is you're not having to do that long commute. How will you, thinking ahead and the fact that you will have those demands to need to do that commute again, does it make you think, can I change so I don't have to do it so often or is it actually necessary? Where's your head at with that of being able to take these positive changes into the into the new norm when we get back to the the ability to to go back to reality. Now I'm going to call it the new norm, not reality. Um, well, this look what's happened, and I'm sure this is not confined just to myself or even you know even my business. I think to everyone is is that productivity hasn't been impacted. Now, personally, my productivity's gone up, and we've observed that with all other staff. So if you're running a business, you sort of go, mm, well, we've got to. Well, we're paying rent, 
And, you know, that's so there's there's certainly some decisions that need to be made around that. Obviously, I, I still believe that there's a, a real importance of coming together. You know, we're sitting here like this, Robo's unreal, but you can't throw me tennis balls to catch, you know, and, <laughs> and that, and that without, you know, and without going too deep and meaningful, there's a diff, different energy when you're, when you're associating with someone in person. So getting that balance right is something that, you know, I, I guess you're not going to nail it the first time, but I, I think we'll be a lot closer to it, you know, in the very near future as to working out how we actually do you know, go back into what, I don't, think, I don't think we will go back to how we were. It's really interesting in Sydney now is people don't want to get on public transport. So the traffic going back into the city is ridiculous. I shan't mm. be doing that. Mm-hmm. What about what, how are you utilising that time then? Because I know that you care about yourself and you look after your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, relational aspects of your life. Are you utilising those three hours a day to tap more into that? Are you meditating more? Are you exercising more? Are you uh, cooking breakfast for your family more? What are you doing more of? I don't do breakfast, so that's that's not on the thing. Easy one, fasting. It's funny, I'm even getting, I'm getting up probably a little earlier as well. So um, all of the above, all of the above, the, actual, the, the opportunity to spend more time on yourself increases your productivity. You know, you can't give away what you don't have, Robbo. So, you know, if you want to give energy to people, if you, if you want to give knowledge to people, if you want to help people you know, experience a better life, well, you've got to do the, exactly the same thing before you can do that. Otherwise, you're just sharing knowledge. And knowledge is overrated, mate. People know not to smoke, you know, and still they mm. smoke. So I've been really working on that side of things is, is developing my own capacity. So I use the commute pretty well because, you know, things like podcasts and, talk, you know, books, audio books and things like that have been a massive part of my life since I moved down here. I'm reading again, though. And, you know, and then... I. Because I've got a curious mind, I'm probably doing different types of meditation, which I call manifestation rather than meditation. I still do my my normal one, but um, yeah, and just exposing myself to different things and reading a few different books. Got rid of the well, the TV stuck on the wall, as I said, but I haven't watched TV for two months, um, and what a blessing that's been. <laughs> when you say manifestations, there are yeah. you? Are you doing like a, a visualization, internal manifestation for multiple areas of your life? Is there something that you focus on more so than others? Yeah, well, I move it around a little bit because I get bored as shit if I just did the same thing. But I, <laughs> look, I'm really lucky. I've got two of Joe Dispenza's courses online, and yeah, Joe calls them meditations, but they, you know, his stuff is you know. So good. I really enjoy it and it's, it's inspired me to do some things around the emotional um, fitness program that I, that I share and I've, I've sort of done some things that, that are aligned to the way that he delivers his, his stuff. So that's been great. And as I said, just reading books and, again, once you, once you do it enough, you get to actually, well, okay, this guy's talked me through it. How do I do this if, if I don't have any power? or I'm on my own, or the pandemic, or I lose my phone. So I, I, I guess 
am doing similar things, but not with AirPods in. Yeah, good call. Silencing the mind, training it. And Joe Dispenza is a legend. We spoke about him and Bruce Lipton and Deepak Chopra quite a bit in your first episode too. And it seems like from the chats that I've had with you that they've been great mentors for you in guiding you with the, some of the stuff that you bring into the change room program. And I'd want to hear you talk about that now because you were saying that you've had to shift things there. So how, how has the change room program been impacted and, and what does it look like now? How have you guys adapted that? We've only done it once. We, we do it online. Obviously, we used to do it two fairly long days, intense in um, sporting facilities and you know, it spiked, gave people an experience first and then by spiking their curiosity, we, we hopefully gave them information that changed their lives. We've got enough evidence now. I don't feel insecure about saying it anymore because we've seen enough to know that we are changing people's lives. We're saving people's lives. Um, so you know, obviously very, very passionate about continuing to do that but we, we, we can't do it in person. So doing it through this platform um, has worked really well. We've had to change things. We do it over, it's six weeks now, the course, and it's, you know, we, people don't want to sit here all day watching someone mm. on the screen. So the, the sessions tend to be 90 minutes, but there's, you know, there's post, post-session resources that we provide and, you know, we, we, get, we keep people going for a six-week period hopefully keep them engaged but the other good thing is it's quite strange you've you've been involved Robbo is we, we're bringing a lot of people that have mental uh, uh, psych and physical injuries into an environment they don't know anyone uh, who the, what where the hell are we what are we doing here well, when they're at home they can sit at home with their family um, typing a question on a keyboard well, no one can see you is a lot easier than sticking your hand up for some people. You know, particularly someone if they're suffering anxiety or depression, you know, or, or are withdrawn because of their injury. So the interaction has been been actually higher mm. than, than in person. And we can also see because of the, the software who's gone back and looked at it again, you know, who's, you know, who's actually touching certain parts of the technology. So it's been really interesting to see the, the higher level of engagement. Is this, because uh, you talk about there and people listening too would resonate with that who experience anxiety. Is it a good thing to think about a mix then where the first engagement might be able to be online, but then we know that to be able to work on conditions and fears and anxieties to actually go there and be there in person with that support, because then them leaving that day, they probably think, holy shit, what a breakthrough where I was shit scared to be here. And then all of a sudden I've been able to, to work through that and to face my fear and to face that anxiety a little bit as a game. Yeah, it's a really good suggestion. I'll write that one down, Robbo. You know, maybe we do the first bit online and then get people in. What you do know is, look, you can decrease that maybe a little bit, but still showing up on that first day, you've been there, mate. Mm. And you know, people are absolutely shitting themselves, most people, you know, and they feel a little bit overwhelmed. But if you've got people like yourself and, you know, the other mentors and Nam and Minnie and Ali Walker, and you genuinely um, display authentic care, not not 
people can detect the difference between someone who's not doing it authentically, and that's part of being in the, you know in the program, Robbo. Is if you don't authentically care for people, you don't you're not part of the program, mm. and people sense that. You don't they don't consciously go, oh, these people care for me, but they sense that, and then through that through that sense of care, they they develop trust, and if look. If you don't trust me, you cannot learn anything off me. Mm. It's just not possible. I can sit here, you sit there in that seat there, even if we're online, and you don't trust this guy, and I start telling you these are the things that can improve your life, you are not listening to me. You are not going to absorb that. So we need to earn people's trust, and I believe the shortcut through that is demonstrating genuine care for someone. And... Uh, I, I, you know, they cohabit, don't they? Um, so I think that's that's something that, uh, again, you can do it online, but I think that your understanding of it, your intuition of of trust and care, is certainly heightened in person. You look at you talk. You got your young son. This is not woo woo, by the way. This is not something that you need to you know, go and do 12 weeks of yoga and sit on your own. You did this when you were a kid. We just have it conditioned out of us. When you're a kid, you don't look at someone and go, what's your background, where you come from, or what sort of clothes have you got on? No, so if someone feels good, you play with them. If they feel bad, you don't. Mm. That's, that's your assessment. And unfortunately, as we get older and the education processes we go through, you know, our brain gets conditioned in a different way to we don't we don't deliver or receive trust and care through that mechanism, which is kind of sad. Yeah, absolutely. I remember talking about this with you in the first uh, episode as well. And like you said, with a 13-month-old son that I've got now and you see that, they respond completely to energy. They can't understand a lot of things and they respond to our parents' energy. And I watch him now with friends and at daycare and he responds to other kids' energies. If other kids are upset, he's upset. If other kids are happy, he's really happy. Yeah, and, you know, a kid will get in trouble and he'll cry for two minutes and then off you go, you know, because that's done. i tell you something really interesting that that you'll know this, but I've kind of been trying to work out how this happened. But our intuition's been blocked. We've blocked it. Because have a look at all the new science around, you know, nutrition, have a look at the new science, you know, around um, how we treat treat ourselves. Have a look at the new science around meditation. Okay, it's not it's not like you can't argue that you, know, you don't need to sit on a mountain and you don't need to burn incense and all my shit jokes about it. It works. It decreases stress. It increases mental clarity and accuracy, and on it goes. You know, it boosts the immune system. Now all the but all this stuff was done thousands of years ago before science was invented. And I was trying to think about, well, how do they know this? How did they know? How did they know in, say, diet, how do they, the Italians know to peel a tomato and take the seeds out of them because they're full of lectins? How do they know that mm-hmm. 1,000, 1,500 years ago? Well, I, I, I was, I've been thinking about that and what, so my answer is, is that they don't have intuition, they didn't have intuition programmed out of them like we do. So that, that young intuition that you're seeing in your son, that develops. And that's where all these philosophers and wise people came from is, is that, that 
that they were using their intuitive forces. We don't have them that much in modern life. That's my opinion anyway. So philosophers maintain their intuition, do you think? They did. They did because they didn't have education. They didn't have um, all the other stuff that we have. So it needs to be scientifically validated. Let's, let me Google it. Um, they didn't have all that, so they, they had to tap into it. Have a look at about, you know, regardless of whether you're, whether it's Buddha or whether it was Jesus or whether it was Krishna or whether it was Muhammad, have a look at some of the stuff they came up with. Don't look at what, how it was manipulated by other people. Man, how do you know that? Mm. How do you know that stuff? It's, oh, it's a bit of a growing kind of area now where you've got, IQ and, and EQ has been around for a long time. AQ is something now, so adaptability intelligence that's coming to fruition quite a lot. And another one that's just starting to surface is SQ, which is somatic intelligence. And so that's the real ability for us and that relearning for us to go back in and not just label an emotion, but actually feel what we feel. So that's that intuitive sense because we're responding and learning how to respond from that intuitiveness. So the somatic intelligence. Yeah, and you know, it's funny you say that, Robbo, because I've been through that process myself where I've been now able to intellectualise all this. Now, you've heard me talk about emotions. Um, I've been able to intellectualise it all. It doesn't mean that you're using it. Mm. You're intellectualising it. It's only when you genuinely experience something that you genuinely understand something that then it can turn from, you know, uh, an understanding into an experience into wisdom. Mm. You can intellectualise it all you like. That doesn't make it wise. Speaking of which, of the genuine experience, that we're all experiencing something here together at the same time. Uh, but before I ask you this next question, and it goes in alignment with the trust and the authenticity, you and I are going to grab our phones and we're going to turn on Instagram Live. Okay, let me get my specs on, mate. <laughs> I did see you squinting there a little bit, Maddie. Oh, mate, I'm looking at you, Rob. I give me a break. Instagram Live. <laughs> Do I press the button? Oh, hang on. You press the yeah. camera. Mind you, that was a good shot of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yep. So we can press the button and we'll go live. We're live now. Okay. So we're live now. So we've got the Instagram live going. We're podcasting here live, Maddie. So we've been going for a little bit and, and uh, talking about a lot of different things around experiences of life in general, but I want to sort of shift gears back to hearing about where we're all experiencing uh, this, this pandemic at once, this world crisis, this world challenge. And I'd love to know if, do you believe that we can thrive in these challenging times? And if yes, why? And if not, I'd love to hear you elaborate on that. Well, I get, they are challenging times, Robbo, but I, I guess it's, I, you're going to hear the same story from me. I, when your son gets, how old is he again? 13 months. 13 months. Okay. His IQ will be close to yours anyway. But, um, <laughs> there'll be a stage in your life where you play Spoto with him. Okay. Have you ever played Spoto? Uh, is there another name for it? Oh, Punch Buggy. All <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Look for yellow cars. What happens when you look for yellow cars? 
Well, in this game, you get punched if you find one. Yeah, but you see more yellow cars. All of a sudden, there's more yellow cars. Mm-hmm. Again, so whatever you focus on, you see more of it. It's the same. It can be with your hearing, all right? If you know you drip, drip, you can hear planes flying overhead, but you hear a drip at night, it keeps you awake. I love the smell of cooking bread and all, you know, on and on the story goes. So, all I'm saying, and there's a thing in your brain called your retricular activation system. And whatever you focus on, you move towards. It's, it's, it's fact. Mm-hmm. So, if you're looking for threat in these times, guess what? You'll find them. Punch buggy, spot there's threat everywhere. Equally, if you're look, looking for opportunity, it may be a little tougher to find it these times, but if you look for opportunity, it exists as well. So it's really about where your attention is drawn to. And again, look, we've already discussed it so far in the, in the podcast, Robert, where the, that the opportunity to not interact with as many people or not do my commute has allowed me to develop myself to a higher level. That makes me personally better, but also more productive in my business. So there's there's... Yeah, there's definitely threat here. If I was looking for threat, oh, I'm isolated at home. There's nothing to do. Um, how am I going to make sure my staff are, are doing what I, I need them to do? And you could easily become anxious about that. So it's where you put your attention on. And you've got to do it consciously sometimes. It's not a matter of sticking your bum out the window and getting hit in the ass with a rainbow. You've got to work on this. It does, but nothing in life of significance is easy. So in times like this, you know, it's it would be easier to sit on the lounge and watch TV. Mm. It would be easier to watch Netflix and exercise or look after yourself. Or it would be, again, easier to do nothing than to read. So, yeah, you've got to look for that opportunity and you've got to take it. And I think for you and I too, that we work with a lot of people who have experienced great challenges in their life and we've seen people overcome those and we know that there's a time of, of that forced change, that forced challenge, that forced grieving sometimes. So are you saying that the, the best, not that I want to ask you to give advice, but your uh, view on this is that people have the ability to choose how they see this situation and they can choose to see it as a time to chill out as a time to stress or as a time to see it as an opportunity robo like it or not some situations are shit and what you know as a human okay and you know this better than most is is that you're going to experience that at some stage in your life you know no one no one gets through this experience you know scot-free there's, there's adversity coming your way. But, you know, you do have a choice in how you handle that adversity. It doesn't make it easier. Please don't think like, look, just choose to be happy. No, 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 you've got other emotions. You're equipped with other emotions for a reason. But you just don't need to stay there. So there is a, you know, there is a way of looking for well, what did I learn out of that? You know, and it may well be something as simple as I'd never do that. You know, the way that person conducted themselves towards me, I'd never do that. You know, I, I, there's a million answers that work. So I'm not saying this is easy. No way. But there is a choice that you can make to find the opportunity in it. There is a choice that you can make to find out what you can learn from the experience and turn it into wisdom. Because otherwise it's a memory 
and a memory that has an emotion attached to it that can deplete you rather than build you. So it's, that's, that is a choice. It's a hard one sometimes, but it's a genuine choice you get to make. I would love to, but it'll kind of detour a little bit. Actually, I'm going to drop it anyway. You just said then that your memory has an emotion attached to it. So if we allow ourselves to go there, we can trigger that emotion. Yeah, you, but you can also reframe that memory. I've done this through experience. Like I've looked back. So, okay, my father passed when I was 13. I'll do it really quickly. This is not a sadness thing. And it was the only day I didn't go to the hospital. So as a 13-year-old, you attach your, your lack of showing up to the, to the death of your father. So it wasn't until I reframed that memory nearly, God, 30 years later that I was able to reflect on that time completely differently. So you can reframe memories and you can reframe the learning. But because in most things, for me, it's a little bit not the best thing to say with my grey hair, but you can't unmemorize a lot of things. So what you've got to do is you've got to change what that memory means. So reframing is something, a really powerful process, allows you to turn it into learning. If, it, if you turn a memory into learning, it's called wisdom. Turn a memory into learning, it's called wisdom, as opposed to a memory being uh, a disempowering emotional reaction, for example. Well, sometimes they're not disempowering. Some memories are unreal to recall. And they do they do elevate you, but you, if you don't take the lesson out of it, whether it's a depleting or a lifting one, if you don't take the if you don't take the lesson out of it, it's just a memory. Mm-hmm. We we deal with people that whose memories are are trapped in emotions that deplete them. Mm. Okay, they're not bad emotions because sometimes being angry is fine. It's just not good if you stay there or you express it in the wrong way. You know, someone close to you passes, you're meant to be, you're not meant to feel joyous. Being depressed is fine. It's, you're equipped with it for a reason. You're not equipped with it for a bad reason. It's a good reason for it. You're just not meant to stay there. We get trapped in it because we don't have it explained to us very well and the memory of that situation, again, depletes you whenever you reflect on it. Yes, love that. Awesome. All right, so for those on Instagram Live, we're going to, tune out now but this podcast will be released the week after next so thank you for joining in there and getting a bit of a taste of maddie's wisdom and we'll continue the the podcast here so on that what am i here hang on mate. i'm just which button am i turning turning up yeah gotcha all right i'm back oh good so with given they're great ways for us to think about how we can thrive and um, instill belief. And, and even if it's not right now, if we're still stuck in those challenges, this will become a memory. So we know that if we turn that memory into a lesson and we learn from this, then that's the wisdom as well. Bit of a shift of gears though. Do you have any beliefs around why this pandemic is happening? Why we're all experiencing this same shake of consciousness all at the same time in the globe? I've only got thoughts on this, Robbo. They're not opinions. And some of the thoughts I need to be really uh, gentle around. So the, the first one is is that oh, I live near the ocean 
And I got to live next door to a club, by the way, as well. And we've got a couple of old old guys there that volunteer at the club. And he said to me, like, that we just pulled down a hedge and there's a tree there. I, I, I can't tell you what, what it's called. It's got a beautiful pink flower. And he said, that's the first time I've seen this tree flower in 15 years. Interesting. You know, you know we're seeing like the quality of the water at the moment, you know, we're seeing other things in the environment start to happen. So I kind of feel like the planet for a while has been going, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, uh, guys, can you ju- just ease off there? So if you wanted me to come at it from a, I don't know, a universal type type approach is, is that, I don't know if your eyes are working, guys, but have a look. We've just given our place a breath, how resilient it is. How about we just give it a breath a little longer? So that's my first kind of observation of what's going on. Now, is that the reason why this happened? I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not that deep a dude to understand that. But what I am seeing is, is that by giving this amazing place that we get to live in just a breath you know it's been eight weeks or nine weeks i don't know but you know come on let's do this let's do this for for this place it deserves it because i don't want to live anywhere else i've been to mars and it's (laughs) it's a shit place um the other lesson out of this robbo you know and again please know i'm being tender with this is that now, I look at, and I just finished a book by Dr. Mark Hyman called Food Fix. It's an amazing book, an amazing book about the agriculture industry and the impacts of health. So, like, 50% of the American population are obese. Over 40% have got the onset of type 2 diabetes. So their immune systems are massively impacted. Have a look at the impacts of where this pandemic is having the biggest if, mm. you know the worst influences come on there's a message in that there's a message it's you know it's you know please hear this the right way you know and I'm, I heard this you know Matty Griggs I heard we were talking about this and when a, when a really strong wind which is what we've got blowing down here in the south coast now blows through the forest you know what happens Leaves fall off. And the weak trees fall over. Mm. And that's good for the forest. Mm. So I'm, I hope that's not sounding cold or hard, but I just, what I'm trying to say is we need to take the message in this, is that some people aren't being affected by this pandemic, are getting coronavirus, but, you know, are, are getting very, very mild symptoms. Why? Mm. I'll tell you what, is my assumption their immune system is at a high level. Now, some of our older people don't get the opportunity to do that, and as we age, we become more vulnerable. So please don't think, but there's other people that are being inf- impacted by this, which means, now I'm, I've got a daughter who's got type 1 diabetes. So, you know, it's, it's been a, you know, a difficult period for her to navigate through because that's an immune system uh, impactor, right? I'm just saying is, is that we need to take the message of we've got to look after ourselves better. We've got to look after the planet better 
and we've got to look after ourselves better. That doesn't mean no one would be impacted by this. It would just mean lesser. I've got no idea how old you are, Maddie, but you did just mention your grey hair and I know you've been around for a little while and you have, um, because you have a lot of wisdom, do you feel that you your immune system can handle if you were to get the coronavirus, you'd be okay? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. And it's not, there's nothing, again, it's not because, it's because I take a holistic approach to looking after myself. Mm. I've got a bit of a damaged body. I'm an ex-footy player and, you know, there's bits falling off me here and there. But, you know, I, I, I want to be around. I want to see how, you know, how in whatever brief period you get to hear how people people evolve. You know, I've got daughters and I've got a grandchild. So I, I want to, I do want to see that. And, you know, 55, maybe that's halfway. That'll do me. If I can experience as many things in the, the next 55 years as I have in the last one, that would be pretty cool to do. But you're not going to do it, you know, unless you look after yourself. Unless you – our bodies are amazing, just like the planet is. Mm. See, the planet's had a break and look, look how resilient it is. You give your body the same break, you know, it's eight weeks and look what's happened on the – like they can see the bottom of the, of the, of the waterways in, in Venice. Mm. So, like, hello, mm. we're the same. We're, we're exactly the same as a planet. You may not think so, but I'll, I'll have to get into quantum physics and start explaining that we're made of the same stuff. So give yourself the opportunity, you know, at a cellular level, at a, you know, molecules and the way you feel, give yourself the same break that we're given the planet and your body will recover. Your body will respond. So will your mind. So it's it's that complicated. On all of that, giving suggesting that people give themselves that opportunity, and you've mentioned a lot of books that you've read and the mentors that you that you have. Do you think that's a good suggestion for people to be able to to maintain? the this experience and like you said to turn the the memory into a lesson and however they're going to maintain that and thinking about expanding they're um empowering themselves and working on their immune system moving back into so some people listening will hear you and they'll be like yeah i've got a commute that i've got to go back to as well or it's going to be hectic when i've got all the kids sports and i've got to go back to work schedules and everything like there's just going to be all these things thrown at me but we have this opportunity that we've learned about how we can be what's a great way from your perspective for people to to not feel alone when they go back in terms of, well, I don't know what to do in terms of to feel supported, to get that knowledge, because we know that knowledge isn't the power, it's the applied knowledge, but it's the beginning. Where, where should people sort of begin with that? Well, probably two things, Robbo, I'll answer this, is that we are experts on other people. We're experts on what we do. We're experts on places we've been. We're experts on our children. You know, all of it's external. Become an expert on yourself because you cannot give away what you don't have. You want to love your kids? Well, if you don't love yourself, you ain't loving your kids at the level you want to. You know, you want to make other people happy, you know, 
you've got to do it yourself. So first thing is, is that you can't give away what you don't have. Yeah, I can recommend four million books and all that sort of stuff around that, but this is not about what I tell you to do. It's about you learning about yourself and however you do it. Like, I meditate to do it, and I've been doing it for a long time. Some people, i got, I got mates that go and sit at the, out the back of a set and just sit out in the surf, and that's how they learn about themselves. That's you got to work out what it is that, that allows you that opportunity to become an expert on yourself. Because if you're not an expert on yourself, everything else that you're talking about and sharing is shit. I'm sorry. It's because it's just coming. You, you may as well be um, Google, you know, or Siri. Hey, Siri, whatever, you know. I'm sorry I didn't say that. She's, she's, she's Did Siri just respond? <laughs> she's now recording sorry everything. About that. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, that's all right, sweetheart. There you go. That's I'm not only I get to hang out with Siri. Um, yeah, you know what I mean is is that become an expert on yourself so you can be that person that other people love being around. That you know the people that you care about, you know, get to actually learn from that. But also being around someone who who understands themselves and cares themselves. They don't even have to say anything to you. They just feel good to be around. I was talking about, I did another podcast last night for a footy thing and they talked about the two best players I'd coached. And I said, oh, well, that's, you know, I've coached a lot of great players, but I talked about Ruben Wiki and Petro Sivanaseva. And I said, I can't explain it, but if they walked in the room now, if one of them walked in the room now, you just feel better. You know, that, you know you've, you've been around that person. They walk in the room and you go, ah. Oh, Petra is here. Mm. You know what I mean? And you just feel better. There's nothing spooky about it. They're footballers, for God's sake. You know, but they, they know how to look after themselves. They know how to care for themselves. They understand themselves. So guess what? They understand other people. They know how to care for other people. It's that complicated. So that would be my big suggestion is take some time to learn who you are because I reckon 95% of us, have sweet FA idea about it. Mm, no, good call. I'm I'm all about that. That's a resonating message from me. Learn about yourself at the deepest level and and enjoy that journey too. Because I can tell you now that that makes experiences like this and these challenges. It allows you to shift into that opportunity mindset. Yeah, hundred percent. And I haven't really felt offbeat at all during it. I mean, look, that, that's, I haven't got anyone close to me that has, has fallen ill. You know, you know, as I say, I've, there's been a little bit of stress around, but if, if you understand yourself well enough, you can actually help people with their stress because not by saying, don't stress, maybe you don't stress it, fuck, don't stress out. What you get to do is because you're calm and you, and you have a belief, like you said, I don't, I, when you said you, would you worry about getting the coronavirus? I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I didn't give you my response because I'm trying to pump my tires up. I'm being honest with you. I just, I just know that because I look after myself and I understand myself, that my body is like the planet. It will handle it. It may not like it the whole time, but it'll handle it. So, um, yeah, I, I think the the most powerful message again. I keep repeating myself is is that. And if you have that understanding of yourself, you can actually have far greater impact on other people. 
apart from those dodgy footy knees, Matty, you're a well-oiled machine. So I don't doubt your ability to, to fight the virus either. That's what we're designed for. And especially if you keep putting the right fuel into your body, which I know you do, you practice it and you preach it. And mate, we could talk about this, this for ages. But... Sorry, what was that? It's not vodka. In the water bottle. <laughs> and it's the BPA-free water bottles that we give away in your programs too, so good to see. Yeah, the change room one, nice, very good. <laughs> Mate, where can, uh, where can people learn more about you? So what's the best place to follow uh, Maddie Elliott, so social media or website, and then how can I and the listeners help you on your journey? Well, the change room websites where I'm and the business is located. Um, obviously, Matt Elliott or Matthew Elliott on Instagram. I should know all those those things, shouldn't I? Um, <laughs> definitely. Um, we also have the change room on Instagram, and we share. We're starting to really up our social media there, and I'm also and we have on LinkedIn, and I'm also on LinkedIn as well. That we you know, we share our monthly webinars. And we're really starting to expand in that area. And, you know, at Robbo, you, as you as one of our mentors and, and your mentor, Nam, and Anthony Minicello and some amazing people like Dr. Ali Walker and, and some other people as well, we, we're starting an online training course that people can subscribe to. So we do free monthly webinars and podcasts, but we're also going to have – but there you have as a resource that you can share with your family as to how to live a holistic life. Nothing complex. As Nam says, you're doing it anyway. You've got, you got to eat anyway. Mm. So you may as well find a, a good, not nutritional diet, talk about how you eat and then what you eat and, you know, how to, some really simple principles. Like you're breathing, so you may as well learn a better way to breathe. Eh? If, you know, so there's just really simple messages from people that have lived experience of adversity and real experience of sharing these messages. It's not high performance. High performance is a bullshit word that you know I've used for years. It's human performance. Rob, if it works for you, it'll be it'll work for everyone else that's listening to you. Well, ninety nine percent of them, you know. And so it's 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 not something that's exclusive. And what we like to do, people like yourself and our mentors, we like to give people access to this not fire information, but give you practical means and tools to get access to a better way of living. And that's fun. Mm. Well said, and I'll link all that in the show notes, even though you didn't know all the links, I'll I'll find them for everyone to access it all. Couldn't speak highly enough. (laughs) Couldn't speak highly enough of the program. No, that's all right. No dramas. We'll we'll link it all up. Everyone knows it's called The Change Room. Everyone knows your name, Maddie Elliott. That's the beauty of Google these days. You can just type that in and it all sort of comes up anyway. So I'll I'll link all that. It's funny what you say there about the, the high performance because, I used to be addicted to human performance, being an athlete and then being a therapist and a coach in high-performance sport. It was all about performance, 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 results, performance, but then shifted over the last few years and my addiction is more around human behavior because I also know that human behavior leads to human performance. I still love the performance aspect, but I know where it all triggers from. Yeah, and so true. We had a really good conversation, and, I, and I'll, I'll I won't ramble on too much. But um, in our last webinar about the the difference, or is there a difference between well-being and performance? 
And it was um, it was a really, really interesting conversation that, you know, with Nam and Minnie that obviously wasn't wasn't the uh, shallowest conversation you've ever heard. But you know, my description of it simply is this, is, is that we have energy, right? We have this energy. We, we No one can disagree with that. You know, how we make that energy, we can all, we can have arguments. But for me, the output of energy, so the output of energy is performance, yeah? So uh, how you use your energy to, to work or be an athlete, that's the output of energy. Mm-hmm. The input of energy is well-being. Mm. So is elf and they, they you can't you can't have performance, you can't have output without input. Mm. And if you if you just do input without output, there's a consequence as well. So if you look at food <laughs> and you put you know you so there's a there's a if you put energy in you gotta use it. But that's not mm. just about food. That's about mm. you know, you know how you use your, your thought processes, you know, your thinking, how you feel, you know, your spirituality, the whole lot. Wh- whatever your belief system is, there's no wrong or right ones, by the way. There's just different ones. I love that. Once again, that could go everywhere too because when you talk about uh, the emotions and that's the thing, people can take on a lot of other people's energy and emotions, but that's why we learn processes to be able to actually clear and process emotions and then a lot of the work that we do around that kind of stuff because if we don't learn to do that then you know they're either suppressing which goes to depression or there's the the outward burst which is aggression and that's not great in either way so i love where you say that the input isn't just about food that gives you energy because we know the thoughts are linked to emotions and emotions from all the work that you do with your good mate joe Dispenza, they all have their own little energy body so we know that it's all linked yeah, it's, it's so true, and and having, but what unfortunately what we're not we're not taught about emotions. We're taught physical, you know, you, you know, as I say, you want to learn how to build physical capacities. Google that, and then and then you'll come back in about four weeks if you get through everything. Mm. You now you want to learn about how different learning modalities, but there's not a lot there to actually teach you about how to develop emotional capacities in a way that works for you. So it's good what you're sharing there, Robbo. And it's, you know, they're the biggest driver of our behaviours. You know, the, the thinking, feeling thing doesn't necessarily, or doing thing doesn't go in any particular order. Because mm. <laughs> if you get up feeling bad, you'll think differently. You know, if, if you get up, you know, <clears throat> if you think bad things, you'll feel bad and you'll do bad. You know, so they're, they're not, there's no specific order in this, by the way. It's just something that, you know, we have to balance and we have to find harmony in how we do that best. At the moment, there's a lot, particularly with Australian males with, that live in my, you know, as, they're as far away from their birth certificate as me, you know. <laughs> we're seriously, we're seriously overrepresented in what they call mental health mm. because we were never, it's not that we're dumb. We were, we're not dumb. We were just never taught mm. that about emotions. We were told being emotional was weak. You know, suck it up and have a you know have a cup of concrete. Mm. So it's not that we're done, that this is and the you know the amount of the reason I got into this was I had my own challenges, but I've got friends that are no longer here because I didn't understand this. Mm. And uh, at some point, you go well. There's got to be a process, and there is, and the process isn't complicated. 
building physical capacities isn't a complicated process. You load the threshold and you recover. Mm. And then you load the threshold and building mental capacities, guess what? They're the same. You load the threshold, you go away from that book because if you keep reading, you just, you don't know what you read the last four pages. You recover, you go back to it and that's how you build knowledge. Well, guess what? Emotional, developing emotional capacities are pretty much fall in the same category. But we were just never taught. So we're naive about it. That's my thought on that anyway, bud. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. Before we let you go, do you have any questions for me? Questions for Robbo. I'll say a question, actually. <laughs> a question. So I'm, I'm sitting here with, in deep concern for you, mate, to be honest with you. Do you know that? Do you know why? I can't think of why that might be. So, okay, your brain's probably in a better space than mine. Mate, you've got to get those earbuds out of your ear, mate. Ah, uh, yes. About, I'm worried about that Bluetooth going into your head. Good so God. my question for you is, do you care for you as much as I care for you? <laughs> yes. Thanks for picking up on that because... I use these sometimes and every time I do, it's like that little glitch within me of, oh, this, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm doing it. It's like when you go for that bad treat, you're like, I know I shouldn't be having this, but I'm doing it. And I have my other headphones here, but with a, my new Mac and I really, I don't have the adapter, but I've known that for weeks. So it wasn't just a just now, it was just a, it was one of those things. I didn't think, it didn't actually go through my mind that, oh, Maddie will pick up on this. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I know I shouldn't be doing this. I'll put them in. Well, okay, question still remains. Do you care for you as much as I care for you? I do, and we're about to end this recording. <laughs> mate, and get the speaker working. <laughs> I'm thinking of the better sound quality for the listeners of this podcast, that's all. What I'm going to do is actually get the right adapter for the computer so it can go to, so I don't need to use the Bluetooth. Use your speaker, mate. You don't even need to use those. It's, this modern technology is amazing. Don't <laughs> mentioned by me about that. <laughs> That's the, all that wisdom on top of your head there. That's right. <laughs> uh, thanks, mate. You've, you've, you've got me on it. But anyway, Maddie, thanks for your time. You're an absolute legend. You're an aligned, wise soul that is literally changing and saving people's lives through the change room program and even by sharing information like this so keep shining your impactful light to the world my man thanks robo have a good one did i mention the ear pods take them out done there you go legends you can't give away what you don't have do the work and become an expert on yourself embody that trust Embody that authenticity. Embody that genuine care. And speaking of genuine care, take those bloody Bluetooth headphones out of your head, Robbo. (laughs) No, I did do that. So I trust you enjoyed that episode. Jump online, follow Maddie Elliott on Instagram, or if you want to find out more information about the Empowering Change Room program, so the website is thechangeroom.info. You can find them on LinkedIn at The Change Room. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at The Change Room Program. 
If you've got any questions at all that you'd like to shoot to me through any of the platforms, please feel free. I've been involved with these guys for a while and it literally is life-changing and life-saving. So jump online, check it out, enjoy the journey of becoming an expert on yourself and as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.